You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 109. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Now, today's episode came to me in a really funny way. In fact, I was standing in my husband's man cave. Now, I've told you about Hobie's man cave before, right? It's kind of incredible. It is 100% dedicated to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and there's like artificial turf on the floor. He has spray painted the end zone on this artificial turf. He has this huge drop down projector for Sunday football. And he has all of this memorabilia that pretty much is on every inch of the wall. It's kind of incredible. And now that I'm talking about it, I think when this episode goes live, I need to jump on Facebook live, do a video where I walk you around and show you inside the man cave. It's that good. Well, I was standing in this man cave and he's got this big cabinet where he puts all his tools. So before Hobie was a firefighter, he was a general contractor. And this man loves, loves, loves tools. And so I always know if I need something, I could go find it there. Not like I'm really handy with tools, but I needed a hammer to hang up a picture. So I was in the man cave looking for a hammer and I was looking at all his tools and I realized Hobie's got tools just like I've got tools. Mine just look a whole lot different. And that's where the inspiration for today's episode came up because I might not have a man cave, but I sure as heck have a content cave. And in that content cave where I create everything I do in my business, there are tools that I live and die by in order to be more productive, to scale my business and to remain sane in all that I do. So I wanted to share these tools with you today. But to be quite honest, right when I had this amazing idea for an episode, I then got a little bit anxious for two reasons. The first reason is I realized I am not an early adopter. Oh, how I wish I was. I wish I was Gary V and I saw the value of Snapchat before it became so incredibly popular as it is today. I mean, that guy was talking about Snapchat years ago. That's not me. I usually wait until a tool is battle tested and I know it's going to work. And then I jump on and I put my own spin to it and I optimize it and I make it my own. So I definitely get creative with these tools, but I wait until I know they're really going to work. Now it's not something that I'm really proud of, but it's worked for me. I've had incredible success in my business using tools that I know are usually going to work from the get-go. So it can't be all bad, right? But what I'm not going to do is knock your socks off today with a bunch of tools you've never heard of that you got to go run out and check out because they're going to be the next big thing. That's not what this episode is all about. Also, this episode is not about a huge long list of amazing tools because I don't use that many tools. So I got anxious about that too. And I thought, well, I don't even use that many tools. So is it really worth a whole episode? And then I thought, actually, that's a great thing. Who has time for tons and tons of tools and software and apps in their business? Not when you're creating content and you're doing regular promotions and you're putting out free content and doing your blog and doing your podcast. You don't have time for it all. 
So I think you're going to find it refreshing in terms of how few tools I use, but how powerful these tools are across my entire business. So I started to look at that as a good thing versus something I should be concerned about. So I definitely think I've packed this episode with value. We're going to jump in. I'll tell you that the freebie of today's episode is a summary of all these tools, how I use them, and some of the hacks that I've used along the way to make them even more valuable. So if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 109, so 109, amyporterfield.com forward slash 109, or if you text the phrase 109 download to the number 33444, you can get the PDF of all these tools, links to where you can grab them, how they work, and the hacks that I use to make them work even better. So that's your freebie for today. When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. So let's go ahead and dive in. I've broken up my tools into different categories. So I thought we'd start at the top with productivity and team support. One of the tools I use every single day is Slack. Now, Slack is instant messaging, and it works within Teams because you can have a lot of people part of your Slack channel, and you can communicate with each other at any given time, and it definitely speeds things up because everybody is in constant communication. Now, I'm going to tell you how it works. I'm going to give you a hack to make it work even better, and then I'm going to give you a big, fat warning about Slack, something that I learned the hard way. So first of all, the way Slack works is you set up different channels and then you add people to these channels as needed, and you can have different conversations about different topics inside the channels. Now, for anybody who knows me well, you know that I'm a little bit of a freak when it comes to organization. Like you should see my Dropbox folders. I should get an award for how organized they are. I just love the feeling of everything being in its place. Am I a little OCD? I'm thinking maybe I am, but it works for me. So inside of Slack, you can get that organized as well. So for example, I have one channel that's called FB groups. I'm in that group and my community manager, Lindsay is in that group. And we communicate pretty regularly about what's going on inside my Facebook groups. Since she is the manager of all those groups, she's overseeing all the activity If something comes up where she needs me to weigh in on it, or she thinks I really should answer this question myself, 
or if she thinks there's a problem, she communicates with me inside of the FB group. Now I'm in my groups daily, but if she sees something that I don't see, she's going to jump into Slack and let me know right away. And we stay in constant communication. And that allows us to serve our customers better because my groups are all customers. They're private Facebook groups for webinars that convert and my new program courses that convert list builders lab, Facebook marketing. So I have groups for all of my courses. So it's important that Lindsay and I are in communication regularly to make sure we're supporting our customers. So another channel I have is my podcast editing channel. So if my editor has any questions about my recent episode, he can jump in there, ask me something, he gets a quick answer, and then he's off to the races and he continues to edit. I have another channel for slide edits. So I have one gal on my team, Kate, and she edits all my slides for my program because I constantly have little typos. So before I record anything, I have her look at each slide. So it's just a really easy way to communicate back and forth. So that's why I love Slack. Now, one little hack I want to give you is that you want to be diligent about breaking up the conversations in these channels, meaning try not to have too many general channels with too many people in them because you're just wasting people's time. So what I like is a lot of channels very specific to the projects we're working on. Now, what you need to be careful of is that you don't want to get too many channels that now it's just a big, huge, confusing mess. So what Trevinia and I did recently is we went in there and we cleaned up all the channels. So if we were no longer using the channel because that project was done, we went ahead and archived the channel. So I like the idea of very specific channels, but I also want you to archive when you're not using them. So it doesn't get confusing and overwhelming because what happens when we get confused and overwhelmed with the tool is we just stop using it. And I don't want that to happen. Now here's a big fat warning about Slack. It can suck away your day. If you're not careful, just like any instant messaging. I mean, listen, I'm totally dating myself, but AOL instant messaging that could have taken up my whole day back in the day when I first started working in corporate. And it probably did most of the time. So you can't use any instant messaging just, you know, at any time of the day, anytime you want, that is not a smart strategy. So you all probably heard me talk about tiger time. It was in episode number one, zero two, how to create content rituals to get more done. And my tiger time is that time in the morning from 8 a.m. till noon that I only create content. So it might be for my podcast, for my programs or for my blog or whatever it might be, but it's my content creation time. So what I had to do is I had to get really focused and say no slack during tiger time, because the second someone asked me something in Slack, I was totally unfocused on what I was working on in front of me. So now what I do is I jump into Slack at certain times of the day. Usually it's around noon and then a few more times throughout the day. So my team can still access me. They can get their questions answered. So they move forward and I can definitely be in the conversations I need to be in, but I definitely do not get into Slack for the first four hours of my morning because it will totally derail me. It's the same concept of getting into email and letting email dictate how your day is going to go versus you getting really strategic and then using email as an extra tool to communicate with whoever you want to communicate with. Now, Slack has totally taken over in the sense that my team does not use email. 
I will not get an email from Travinia or Chloe, my project manager, or Kate, who is our customer service rep, or Lindsay, who is my community manager and social media manager. They never, ever email me. And I love that because to be quite honest, I am terrible at keeping up with email. Email is just not my friend, at least not right now. So because of that, we took all of our communication out of email and it is only in Slack. So that to me is a really big perk in terms of being more efficient with my communication, but you have to put boundaries on it. Do not let yourself just jump into Slack whenever you want. And here's the scary thing for about two years. That's what I've been doing. And I knew something was off and I knew something was not right with my focus and getting things done. The second I pulled out of Slack during the morning, definitely saw dramatic increases in my productivity. So just wanted to put that out there. The next tool I use every single day is Asana. Now, Asana is a project management tool, and there are a lot of different options you can choose. So there's Basecamp and there's Trello and gosh, there's so many. I'm not even going to start naming all of them, but I love Asana because it definitely is a tool that allows you to be insanely organized. I'm embarrassed that I keep saying that, but it's true. The way they allow you to put your information in different categories and subsets really works for my brain. So here's the deal with Asana. We use it for all of our launches and we use it for our podcast and The way we use it is we literally put every single task that needs to get done, but we put them into categories. So for the podcast, one of the categories will be lead magnet if there's going to be one. And then we'll say, okay, create the lead magnet, edit the lead magnet, get the lead magnet designed, load the lead magnet, like all the different little steps. So that's the best way to use Asana when you're going to get extremely specific with all of the tasks. Now, the one hack I want to give you is that I definitely encourage you to create templates inside of Asana. So when you're going to start a new project that you've never done before, first create a template, do your categories and your subcategories and every little step that needs to happen to get the project done. And then before you assign it to people and put due dates and a bunch of notes, save it as your template and then duplicate it and then go into that cloned copy of it and put in all your notes and reassign it as your main project. That way you always have a template to pull from. I hate starting from scratch if I don't need to. And so we finally decided, okay, templates are going to save us a lot of time. So now we have a podcast template. And we use that podcast template every single time we have a brand new podcast. And there's about, I've talked about this before, there's about 40 different tasks that need to get done in order to get my podcast completed from start to finish. And now we assign who's going to do it. We assign the due dates, all that good stuff. And here's another little tip about Asana. We have one person managing the entire project. So right now, Travinia manages everything to do with our podcast. And so even though we're all in there and we all have access to it, one of the things that makes it work is that one person in this case, Travinia has her eye on every single task to make sure that people are meeting their due dates, make sure that people are putting their notes in Asana as needed. So there's one person to oversee it. Same with our launches. Chloe manages Asana. She sets up the template. She puts in all the due dates. She makes sure that everybody is using it. So I love having one person oversee 
each of the Asana projects. So that's something that definitely keeps you on track. So templates, having somebody oversee it, and then using Asana for all of your big projects. You don't have to use it for every little thing you do, but if there's going to be a project where there's multiple players, multiple due dates, and a lot going on, you definitely want to put it into Asana. Now spend some time getting everything into Asana at once and then inviting people into it. You don't want to be creating an Asana project as you're working on the project. Nobody's going to buy into that. It's just too confusing. So the best way to go about it is to flesh it all out, the entire project, then have people come in and see where you might've missed a few things, fill in the holes, and then you officially start the project in Asana and you let everybody know. We are using Asana. You're expected to check in every single day. There's an area in Asana where you click a button and you can see just your tasks or just the areas where you were tagged in. And then there's this really cool feature that you get this unicorn that jumps across your screen. No, I'm dead serious. Actually, they've even added more than just a unicorn these days. And so if you actually complete a few things at once, you get the unicorn. It's just a little extra fun thing in your day. So anyway, get Asana because you get the unicorn. I mean, what else do you need to know, right? It's a great tool and we have really embraced it over the last year inside our business. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I wanna talk about Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. 
There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. So the final tool for productivity and team support is Rhino. We've used Rhino for a few years now, and all of our support tickets that are coming from our online courses, all of the emails that people might send to info at amyporterfield.com or some of the other emails we have out there all go into Rhino. And then in Rhino, you can assign that ticket to anybody on your team. And one of the biggest hacks that I love is you can do canned responses. So if you are constantly getting the same kind of questions, you can create these canned responses and then pull them up really easily using keywords in order for you to instantly get the communication out to the people that are emailing you. We all know that customer support is really, really important, especially when we're doing online business because you can't see the person. You're rarely in their proximity. They need to feel like they're taken care of. So a quick response kind of takes the place of that face-to-face that people would get back in the day, right? So getting in front of somebody really quickly is really important. And Rhino lets us do that. So my team is in there every single day, specifically Kate is one of my virtual assistants that manages all things Rhino. And her goal is to always get to email zero inside of Rhino whenever possible. So she's always on a little mission to get all of the questions answered. And when she has a question that she can't answer and she needs to go to me for any reason whatsoever, she goes into Slack. So I don't necessarily get into Rhino every day, but instead Kate will go into Slack. We have our own channel where she can communicate with me one-on-one. She'll ask any questions she may have, and then she'll jump back into Rhino and get the questions answered. So Rhino is our support ticket system and just where all the emails go. Anybody that emails me, they're going to get into Rhino first. And then my team will manage that. And they'll show me any emails that I need to see and communicate with myself. So that's how Rhino works. Okay. Moving on to social media management. So with social media, the number one tool we use every single day is Edgar. MeetEdgar.com is where you can learn about Edgar. And it is a fantastic tool. Now you've probably heard me talk about Edgar. If you've been on any one of my podcast episodes before, the reason I love Edgar so much is it allows you to create a content library. So one of the most frustrating things about social media is that we spend really good quality time. You can probably relate to this really good quality time crafting social media posts. We find the perfect image. We write the copy for it. We're linking to our blog posts, our podcast episodes, or somebody else's article, whatever it might be. We put it out into the social media world. It gets seen by a few of our fans and then it's gone because people have moved on to the next post or whatever's going on. And that is so frustrating because social media moves so fast. So what I do is I load up all my content inside of Edgar, and it might be post about my content or post about other people's content. I load it up into Edgar and I put it in the library. And so basically then I schedule when I want different content to go out and guess what Edgar has something I love categories. So you can actually say, okay, this post goes into the category of other people's content. This post goes into the category of my podcast episodes. 
This post goes into the category of, I don't know, a recent launch, whatever you want to do. And then you can decide how often Edgar pulls from those categories and it can pull just once, or it can go into the library and get queued up to go out at different times throughout the month. I love that because then my content gets seen over and over again. And those of you who have a podcast, this is a big deal because we know people will listen to podcast episode number 30 and you might be on 300 and episode 30 is still living on. And so putting it into Edgar will ensure that people actually keep going back to it again and again, because you're always getting new podcast listeners. So to me, that is one of the coolest things about Edgar, the whole idea of the library and the queue and scheduling and putting them into categories. Now, one little hack is that you can get a bookmarklet so that if you're on a blog and you love an article, you click on the little Edgar icon. I think he's an octopus. You click on Edgar and this box pops up and you can basically load that blog post that you're reading into Edgar. So it actually goes out to your social channels as it gets into the queue. So you're constantly collecting new information, new post to add to the queue just by looking at other people's blog posts. So that part's really cool. Now, one thing that you want to be aware of or careful of is that you've got to build up your library because for a while there, I got lazy at building up my library and people started seeing the same post over and over again. And I had this one post and it was just like a quote post about something about being a dog lover. And one of my assistants said, if I see that post one more time, I'm going to scream. And so I realized, oh, I haven't loaded up the queue in a while. And so it feels like the same stuff keeps going out. So you want to be disciplined. I think once a week, you should sit down, load up the queue with other people's stuff and your stuff. That way you'll always have fresh content out there. Really important. Now, a little side note inside my own business, we're expanding a bit and I'm actually going to have Lindsay, my community manager also act as my social media manager. She's well-versed in all things social media. She is a great gal, and we've been working a lot on auditing my social media. Quite honestly, because I spend so much time in my private Facebook groups, my social media, like my Facebook page and Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram, don't get as much attention as I'd like them to get. So together, Lindsay and I are gonna sit down and work out a new plan to enhance our social media. So that's going to be an entirely new episode. Once we get a whole new plan locked in, I'm sure we're going to be using some new tools and changing things up and adding here and there and getting a new plan for our social images and the content and all that good stuff. So once I get this new plan in place, cause I'm really excited to spend some time there this summer, I'll share it with you on an episode because you know, my favorite thing to do is change something up in my business, make it better, get results, and then share it with you. So just know that I'm on a mission to put more of a focus there. And so this summer, that is what we are going to do. So I'll come back and share some insights with you on that. Okay. Moving on to email marketing. Now you all probably know that I use Infusionsoft for my email marketing and nothing is perfect. Like I mentioned earlier, but we have had some amazing success using Infusionsoft. We are very deeply integrated into Infusionsoft and we use it for everything. So we use it for our email marketing, our order forms, our shopping cart, our affiliates. It's all coming out of Infusionsoft. So I've talked about that before. I won't go deep into it, but I guess my little tip here is to choose an email service provider that will allow you to grow. So if you are ready for one of the big boys, then definitely check out Infusionsoft. 
But let's say you're just getting started. Let's say you are in my List Builders Lab program and you're starting to really focus on growing your email list. Well, just recently, I started to look into an email service provider that isn't as robust as Infusionsoft, but is still really good with some quality bells and whistles that allow you to create funnels and autoresponders and really allow you to integrate with a shopping cart or an order form that's going to look really quality. It will allow you to send out content when you want it to send out and actually segment the way you want to segment. Some of the really inexpensive beginner email service providers do not allow you to do that. And I want you to be able to scale your business and grow your business quickly. So one of the tools I've been looking at a little bit more is ConvertKit. And I'm noticing that ConvertKit has a lot of the features that my students that are just growing their business, they're starting to focus on list building. They want to create their first funnel. ConvertKit is definitely a contender to look into. So just wanted to throw that out there. It's something that I'm just starting to look into, starting to research a bit more, but I'm starting to see some really cool things. So if you're not ready for Infusionsoft, but you don't want to use something like MailChimp or AWeber, then definitely look into ConvertKit. Okay, moving on, lead pages. So we're talking about email marketing. You all know that I'm obsessed with lead pages because it does so much. So you'll see lead pages inside my business in so many different places. I use it for webinar registration pages. I use it for thank you pages. I use it for pop-ups on my blog posts. So if you are looking at one of my show notes and there's a freebie like today's freebie, number 109, you can go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 109. Look for the big yellow box that talks about the freebie for today. Click on it. You'll see a pop-up box appear. That is lead boxes. And then remember, I told you that you could text the phrase 109 download to the number 33444. Well, if you do that, that is lead digits. So I use lead digits and lead boxes and lead pages for everything I'm doing to list build. So if you're going to put a focus on list building, you definitely want to check out lead pages. Now, my tip here is to never try to do it yourself if you are not familiar with design and coding and really the art and science of a registration page. So a lot of the times my brand new students want to save a whole bunch of money. So they'll try to piece together a registration page. And what they're forgetting is that most of the really good tools like lead pages do a lot of analysis about where to place the button for people to click and give you their name and email, where to place the image, where should the text go? How often should you place that button? All of that is analyzed over and over again so that lead pages knows exactly what works and what doesn't work. So it's not just having the ability to put together some text and a button on a page. It's where you place everything and also the different colors you use, the different fonts you use. And that's why I love lead pages. I don't have to think about any of that. I follow their drag and drop templates and I'm good to go. So to me, if you are just starting out your business or you're looking to grow your email list, definitely check out lead pages. I know that sounds like an ad, but it's truly how I feel. I feel like it's a really important tool. Okay. Moving on to my launches. So with my launches, you all probably know that I use GoToWebinar. Well, sometimes. So I definitely recommend GoToWebinar for all of my students who are doing webinars and they have less than a thousand people showing up live. 
So if you're doing webinars, less than a thousand people showing up live, you definitely want to use GoToWebinar for live webinars. I definitely think it is the best of the best in terms of functionality and seamlessness in order to do a live webinar. So that's what I would recommend. And we've used it from the get-go. So I don't know, since 2010, I've been using GoToWebinar. However, recently, like over the last year, our business has grown so much that we will get more than a thousand people on live. And I'll tell you a little secret. I used to have an ego issue with this. So when you use GoToWebinar and over a thousand people sign up, you will get this box that pops up that only you see it as the administrator that says people are trying to get in, but you've reached your max. And I used to feel so good about that. Like, look at me, I got over a thousand people and now people can't even get in. That's amazing. And then I thought, wait a second, do not get excited about that. People want to get on your live webinar and you are shutting them out. Like there's no good in that, except that maybe it boosts my ego. Like, look what I can do. That's just silly, right? I can't believe I'm admitting it, but that did happen in my head. So then I realized, wait a second, that's not good customer service. You're frustrating people. They block their calendar for you and now they can't even get on. So at that point we decided to switch things up. Now we use Wirecast and Wirecast allows us to broadcast live from my computer. So you'll see my computer screen, you'll hear my voice and we get to customize it. So if you've been on any of my webinars for webinars that convert or courses that convert, you'll see that it's really cool. We've got this cool background. We've got this really cool chat box below the live video, and it just looks really good. And we can get thousands and thousands of people on live at one time. And I'm all about getting people on live. I hate that people are thinking, well, I'll just catch the replay. It's a whole different experience. You want them there live with you. You want to answer their questions in the moment and you want them to connect with you there. So if you are getting more than a thousand on live at any given time, definitely check out Wirecast. It's been really, really valuable for us. It definitely isn't cheap, but I don't think it's astronomically expensive either. Kind of right there in the middle. So check it out if you're having the issue of a thousand people or more. And if you're not having that issue, again, go to a webinar, the way to go. Now for all of our automated webinars, we use easy webinar. So easy webinar is my tool of choice for automated webinars. It has definitely served us well. I recommend it inside my webinars that convert program. And I've seen people get a lot of great success using the tool easy webinar. So that's the one that I would recommend. One more thing that I use for my launches that I think is really valuable. And that is snap engage. So snap engage is a tool that allows us to do live chat on our sales page. And this has proven to be incredibly valuable. It not only supports our potential customers, like right from the get-go before they're even a customer, they're getting treated in a way that I want them to be treated where they're getting their questions answered right away. We're there to support them. But in addition to that, it increases your sales because if somebody has a question and they just want their question answered right then and there, and then they're ready to buy, well, then the best thing you can do is be right there, ready to answer their questions. And so you're able to turn snap engage on and turn snap engage off at any time. So you can have it live on your sales page, let's say right after a webinar, when you know you're going to get the most traffic, and then you can turn it off when you walk away from your computer, little warning, make sure to turn it off. I've forgotten to turn it off and it looks like we're live and then no one's answering their questions. Not a good day for me. 
Also, one thing I love about Snap Engage is you could transfer a conversation to somebody else. So when it's really a high traffic day for us on a sales page, let's say I'm on Snap Engage and Travinia and Kate, and let's say a question comes up and Travinia thinks, I bet if Amy answered this personally for this person, they would find that incredibly valuable. So she'll Skype me and say, I'm going to send you a Snap Engage. So it will pop up on my computer. And I can then take over the conversation. So I love that you can transfer conversations as needed. So that is one of my favorite tools during a launch is that instant communication with people that might have some questions. And I always say, Hey, we're here live on a webinar. When I jump off, just know I'll be live on my sales page for a little while. You can do some in-person chatting with me if that will serve you, if you have any questions. So I jump over there right after a webinar and it usually proves to be incredibly helpful to my potential students. And it's a great revenue booster as well, because you can convert people a whole lot faster when they get their questions answered directly from you. Okay. So a few more quick little things I have been experimenting more and more with live video, specifically Facebook live. And so I always use a tripod. I think everyone needs a tripod for anything live that they're doing. So I use the Manfrotto tripod. I just thought I'd give you a few of the tools that I kind of can't live without. And then I have little adapters on the tripod. So if I want to use my iPhone, I have one that will hold the iPhone, but then I have a bigger one that will hold an iPad. So those are just little tools I'm sure we all have, but I just wanted to throw it out there. And then I definitely use a teleprompter for all my sales videos. So when I record videos that are just pure content, I do not use a teleprompter because I kind of want to go off the cuff and just have a conversation with my students. But if I am recording a video that is a sales video, it's leading directly to sales, sending people to a sales page, whatever it might be. I think that you need to write your scripts in advance and you need a teleprompter because you don't want to miss any of those important points. And so in the show notes at 109, so just amyporterfield.com forward slash 109, I'll link to one of my favorite teleprompters that I use pretty regularly, super easy to use, and we can get it set up and going right away. So just wanted to throw that out there. And for my recordings, and I talk about this a lot in my courses that convert program, when I'm recording a program, I always use a Yeti mic and I always use ScreenFlow. So I have a pretty simple setup for recording my course content, a Yeti mic, ScreenFlow with my Mac. Now, I'm not going to get into all the equipment I use for my podcast. It's pretty fancy, I must say. And I'm going to link in the show notes to the package that I purchased for my podcast. It was a few years ago, and I actually went through a course with the podcast answer man, Cliff Ravenscraft. And so Cliff actually suggested what to get for my podcasting. So if you think the audio is good and you want to kind of see behind the scenes of what I'm using, I'm going to link to the package that Cliff set me up with. It was a little pricey. I'll tell you that, but I mean, I've used it for years and years now and I've never had any problems. So definitely highly recommend anything Cliff puts out there. He's got a great course all about podcasting. Okay. So there you have it. My list of tools that I use inside my business. And as I mentioned earlier, those tools were not going to be earth shattering. I wasn't going to tell you about tools that aren't even on the market yet that I'm beta testing and they're the best tools in the world. And you got to wait till they come out. No, remember this gal is not an early adopter. However, all of the tools I shared with you play an integral part in my business. They've helped me scale my business. They've helped me be more productive. 
They've helped me leverage my time. So I can tell you that each one of those tools have been battle tested in my own business. And I highly recommend each and every one of them. Now, before I wrap up, I want to leave you with one last thought. One day I came home while Hobie was still building out his man cave. And remember, I told you earlier, this man loves tools. Well, I came home and I noticed that he had just purchased this big, shiny new electric saw. And I also noticed there was a price tag on it that was around $1,000. Now, I'm not a tool girl, so I look at that and think, are you crazy, $1,000 for this electric saw? But he said he really needed it. It was the exact tool he needed to take his man cave to an entirely new level. Can you relate to this at all? Just maybe a little bit. Have you ever thought I've got to have this tool because it's definitely going to change how I do business. I think we've all been there, but I bring this up because I don't want you buying tools that you think you need, but you're not ready for just yet. Because to tell you the truth, that big shiny new electric saw was never used. He thought he needed it and he was so excited about his project that he just had to have it. And then it sat there forever and ever. And quite honestly, he might have used it once since he bought it a year ago. So this happens to all of us, but be very careful with the tools that you buy and make sure you need them. And I want you to do one thing that's going to save you a whole heck of a lot of money. And that is, I want you to look at all the tools you're using now. Better yet, I want you to look at all the tools you're paying for now. Look at that credit card statement and think, am I using that tool? Am I using that app? Is this really essential for my business right now? And if you don't plan to use it in the next, let's say 30 or 60 days max, then get rid of the tool. Don't pay for it if let's say it's a monthly thing you're paying for, because this could save you a whole heck of a lot of money. So I want you to be really careful in terms of what you buy and when you buy it, because if you don't need it now, I promise it's going to be there a few months down the road when you are ready for it. And I want you to save every penny because we all know every penny counts. So to wrap things up, know the tools that are right for you, know how to maximize them and get help. So you could really take advantage of that tool. So if you need a little help in terms of how to use it and how to maximize it, reach out and get that help so that you know that what you're paying for is going to make a very big difference inside your business. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I cannot wait to connect with you again next week. Next week is another Facebook ads Q and a session with Rick Mulready. I'm bringing him on about every six weeks. We are covering some amazing questions. I've already seen the questions. I know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what if you are doing great with your ads, but then they're not converting into sales. And can you use the same ads launch after launch after launch and really great questions about the algorithm. So we're going to dive into a lot of Facebook ad goodness next week, episode number 110. And I cannot wait to see you there. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 